before we dive into this little uh, tweet I saw last night, RJ, involving Christian Yelich and his bat, because he hit a dinger last night. Yelly was looking pretty good. And I know uh, last time I checked, you're still not on the uh, – Andy Haynes is still not on your good side, right, RJ? No. The Brewers hitting coach? Your batting average went down this week. Uh, Rowdy, yeah, batting. they're now at the bottom. Are by they? The way. No. no, 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 against right-handers. Yeah. Oh, okay. But they're still three points ahead of uh, who was it? The Mariners. Okay, but so, for, against, for total, yeah. for, for total, total, they're second to last. But against right-handers, they're, they're, last. they're dead, dead last. So Andy Haynes is still on our S list. Is Andy Haynes on Mount Notice? Or he should just there be hasn't been up. an, an updated yeah. one since uh, the beginning of baseball season. And what, who was on Mount Notice again? If you remember correctly, it was Greg Gard. Yep. It was Brian Gutekunst. Oh, by the way, you made Mount Notice. Then I think like four days later, they extended Greg Gard. Yeah, that, that's true. Yeah. Um, <laughs> that did happen. Like how many more years? <laughs> they extended them even longer. I like Greg Gard. I'm a Greg Gard Brian guy. Gutekunst. Yep, Goody. Which I feel like that's still pretty valid. Yeah. Wait till you hear this comments from Rob Tunyon coming up. <laughs> then, uh, if you remember correctly, a lot of flack for these two. It was Lorenzo Kane because of being the guy that was supposedly the team leader and captain walking away after playing for a week. Well, he's and the then aisle. being basically just getting older and having a lot of question marks. And then Christian Yelich trying to p- prove it after a terrible 2020 season. All right. So there's your <laughs> notice. And I feel like the, those two brewers are pretty legit uh, still I, fitting the bill. Yeah. Yeah, totally. Yelly hasn't been able to stay healthy and or really produce and... Same thing with uh, Lorenzo Cain. All right, so check this out. And, RJ, you'll like this. So, RJ has been on the – I think you were the first one to really be on the fire Andy Haynes train, and that was last season Yeah, when you were like, this guy's got to go. And then as it spilled over into this season, we're all now like, this guy's got to go. So we all have seen the – every year, the research department and us, we figured it out every year that since Andy Haynes has been here, it's been a steady decline Mm -hmm. in the Brewers hitting. And it's well documented. Well, check this out. Christian Yelich last night hit his uh, second home run of the season. It was his first in front of the home fans since September 6, 2019. Mm. Yelich said this. Good day. Christian Yelich didn't get, well, he may have gotten advice from Andy Haynes, but the advice that he got from the equipment manager is the one that actually benefited him. Christian Yelich says that he broke his uh, his black bat the other night, and he then went and got a blonde bat. Well, actually, it was the uh, suggestion of the equipment manager saying that he should use the blonde bat. And Yelich said, I was like, all right, I'm not really superstitious about what bat I use. I just took that one up and uh, picked it up because it was the equipment manager's suggestion. And then once he got the blonde bat, great opportunity here for the Brewers, up one nothing to try to extend this lead and Give Brett Anderson a little cushion to work with. Then this happened with the blonde bat. Here you go. DePlantier kicks, and the first pitch to Yelich is driven out to right. Deep back. Bye-bye baseball. A three-run blast for Yelly. His first in Milwaukee this year. Move over, Andy Haynes. We now welcome in the new hitting coach from equipment manager to hitting coach, Jason Schwager. All right. Hey, way to go, Jason. Congrats on your promotion. Um, well done, Jason. Yeah, you it's earned been it. Great. Now we're not going to give you a pay increase yet, but you are going to be doing both jobs. We'll reevaluate after the season, and then maybe give you a bump after that. Big go, Rowdy. What do you think? 
<laughs> well, I, I guess uh, I love the opinion that he should switch it up. But uh, you know how there's so many different kinds of bats these days, <laughs> Espe- yeah. especially yeah. with what they can do to them and, and every little, I don't know, little bit of change and, and difference that they have in them. My favorite bat that I love just looking at, I guess, as an aesthetic view. The aesthetic. For a baseball bat is I love the blonde ashes. Oh, yeah. Those Dude. are those are my favorite bat to look at. I like you like like the natural color of it, Rowdy. You don't like when it gets all painted up. I know those those bats are extremely rare now in big leagues because they're all they're all maple. The maple. Let's, oh, dude, those are beautiful. Look at those things. Those look nice. Yeah, those look nice, Rowdy. Oh, man. Oh, baby. So there you go. Yelly found the new bat, the blonde bat, after he broke his black bat the other night. The uh, equipment manager suggested he uses the blonde bat, and then Yelly with it goes yard. Love to see it. Our guy freaking Ram Jam all the way in Scotland? Come on, Ram Jam. He says, did the Brewers actually win a game? Ram Jam, the Brewers have won for a ninth time in their last 12 games. Come on, Ram Jam. The Brewers have been crushing it lately. While still having their batting average go down. Yeah, explain that one to me. It's pretty it's pretty wild because there used to be so many different kinds of bats and everything. And now like the majority of big leaguers are using maple. Mm-hmm. And maple's the one that if you remember they were having issues with them because they were shatters. Yeah, they just <laughs> explode. Could stab someone in the stands with it. Yeah, and then the, the head of the bat goes flying. Yeah. And that was kind of like an issue for a while. Haven't really heard much about that lately. Yeah. It was like a thing that was a thing for a few years, but maybe, maybe they figured out how to make the maple tougher. <laughs> but that was tough. that was one of the things that was a difference. It was like when maple breaks, it, it like explodes and flies off. Where like ash I think it was like ash and birch just more or less like splinter off. Could you imagine if they used aluminum bats in the majors? Yeah, there'd be a lot more home runs. <laughs> Christian Yelich breaks the black bat he normally uses. He doesn't look to Andy Haynes, the hitting coach. No, no. He looks to the equipment manager, who then suggests that he picks up the blonde bat. Because blondes do it better. I am blonde. Yelly picks up the blonde bat. Heads out, bottom of the third. Brewers up, Brewers up, excuse me, one nothing after a Jackie Bradley Jr. home run. Yelly, who says he's not superstitious, but he might be a little stitious, puts the blonde bat on his shoulder. And my friends. Great opportunity here for the Brewers, up one nothing to try to extend this lead and give Brett Anderson a little cushion to work with. With the blonde bat. Duplantier kicks in the first pitch to Yelich is driven out to right, deep, back, bye-bye baseball. A three-run blast for Yelly, his first in Milwaukee this year. Get up, get up, get out of here, go for Christian Yelich. Second of the season for Yelich. And the Brewers lead it four to nothing. Yelly, Yelly. Does it change up? And Yelich got the barrel to it and got it just over the wall in right. Rowdy. Christian Yelich says, quote, about his equipment manager, Jason Schuwager. I was like, all right, I'm not really superstitious about what bat I use. I just took that one up and it paid off. Credit to Schwager. The equipment manager doing more for Christian Yelich than the hitting coach could ever do in Andy Haynes. You're promoted, Schwager. Do you think he stays with the blonde bat or he goes back to his black maple bat? Well, I'm very intrigued to find out what happens tonight. 
when the two teams are back at it at American Family Field. Yelly does say he's not superstitious. But what do you think? I think he sticks with a blonde bat. I would stick with a blonde bat. That was Christian Yelich's first home run in front of the home fans since September 6th of 2019. I think he sticks with the blonde bat. Right before he fractured his kneecap. Yeah, I think he's sticking with the blonde bat. What do you think? I I would. Were you superstitious in your playing days from Little League to Babe Ruth to uh, home talent? I wouldn't say really superstitious, no. Little stitious? I know there were other guys that really were, but... Like you'd change your underwear and change your socks? (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Okay, good. Yes, I would. We didn't want a smelly Nelly out there. Wait, I think it's called a Snelly. (laughs) I just figured it out, I think. (laughs) (laughs) That's another... Inside joke, sorry. Inside joke. You got to be in the DMs. Uh, Rowdy, I hope that Yelly continues on with the blonde bat. Well, yeah, because uh, I th- I saw this tweet. You know how <laughs> I think I call that a snelly. You know how you uh, we were we've been talking about all year about how the offense can't get going. Yeah. And going into that five game win streak, they were averaging three point six five runs a game. Obviously, during that five game win streak, they bumped that up to four point four runs a game. And now, you know the the funny joke since it's already you know three days into June. The Brewers are averaging seven runs per game in June. Yeah, baby. Now that's a that's a that's don't a, tell don't tell the folks what date it is today. Yeah, baby. Yeah, that's it's not a, like it's June fourth. That's a nice little um, <laughs> small sample size that you're pulling out of. Uh, we'll take it though. Hey, we'll take it. But again, if Yelich can start to hit like a perennial All Star, we the Brewers don't even need him to be. 18 or 19 version of Christian Yelich because, in my opinion, there is more talent than uh, at least that 19 roster. Yeah. But uh, if he can at least start hitting and, and being productive and being a guy that can t- hit 280 because he's around, you know, 250, 255 now, being a guy that, you know, before the before the injuries where he's been out for the majority of the season so far, being a guy that if he stayed healthy, hit 30 to 35 home runs and drives in 90 plus. Yeah. If he gets back to being that guy, but only playing in about four months, they're going to improve that offense quite a bit. Cause not only are other guys around him going to get better pitches to hit. So yeah, I mean, you're right. Totally. The Brewers had seven hits last night. The Diamondbacks had 13, but check this out. Jackie Bradley Jr., home run. Christian Yelich, home run. Luis Urias on his 24th birthday, home run. Obviously, Al Garcia, home run. Rowdy, is this how the Brewers are going to have to do it? Just smash their way to the top of the NL Central? Is it literally the Shegon movement, the hit a home run strikeout mentality? Is this what we're going to have to, is this the way the waves we're going to have to ride here? Hot and cold, hot and cold, snip, snap, snip, snap. Well, if, if that's how they're going to do it, I don't think the Milwaukee Brewers are going to be the most successful team in baseball. Yeah. That's for one thing, right? Yeah. Because if if you're going to play that way, Jackie Bradley Jr. is not a guy that hits a ton of home runs. Lorenzo Cain's not a guy that hits a ton of home runs. Low Cain, he's still on the team? <laughs> Luis Urias <laughs> isn't a guy that in the minor leagues hit a ton of home runs. I'll say the addition of um, Willie Adamas. Really has inspired Luis Urias on that bat. Well, well, even Willie Adamas isn't a guy that hits a ton of home runs. Like when you were thinking of guys that have the potential possibility of hitting a ton of home runs that were in the Brewers lineup, 
It's Christian Yelich, right? Yep. He's been out for the majority of the two months. It was once Keston Hero, too. It's Daniel Vogelback. I don't think a lot of fans are liking that experiment at first base anymore. You mean the Danimal? It's uh, Travis Shaw, who struggled mightily in the month of May, hit well below 190. And we might have to recall him again of the mayor of Ding Dong City. Like, those are the guys that have the ability to hit 25-plus home runs. So Daniel Vogelback is batting 205. The mayor of Ding Dong City, Travis Shaw's betting 194. I mean, the Vogelback thing really doesn't surprise me at all, to be completely honest. No, he, did you see that? He made a crazy play at first where I've never seen a fat boy move so fast. Good on him. I thought you were a G-Man Choi fan. Well, G-Man Choi's a different breed. That guy can do the splits. We were watching G-Man Choi highlights, or I should say I was watching G-Man Choi highlights in my office the other day, and I was making Nelson watch. It was lit. G-Man Choi, I miss him. That's the answer at first base. What, what were the stats you brought up for G-Man Choi? Because um, he was on the IL for a while, wasn't he? Th- didn't he? Wasn't his numbers just as? Were you comparing him to Daniel Vogelback? Yeah. So he had been on the IL, but his numbers were eerily similar to Daniel Vogelback's production with a much better average. Yeah. I miss you, G-Man Choi. I cried that day when they sent him away. And little fun fact about G-Man Choi, since we're on the subject. That he can, do, an, he can do the splits? <laughs> he's an absolute Garrett Cole killer. Yeah, because he rules. G- G-Man Choi, that could be David Stern's worst move, sending away G-Man Choi. I'm not even kidding. That guy rules. He's a Garrett. Do you have the stats up for him against Cole? It was, it was no, but I, I know. Uh, I can try and pull no, him. No, you're, uh, you're fine. People are probably wondering who the hell G-Man Choi even is. Let's he played just, for the Brewers for a hot minute. Yeah, and he was a legend, and now he plays for the Padres. I have his I have his autograph card in my office. Rowdy's jealous of it. It's beautiful. All right, Rowdy. Also yesterday, Josh Hader gets his 13th save. Good on the Haterade. Milwaukee now 30-26. and 26. Diamondbacks again tonight at American Family Field. Can catch right here on the zone. 96.7 FM, 1670 AM. What's our call letters? W-O-Z-N. Thank you. You were giggling. I think you have the... I found them. You found it? So against Garrett Cole in his career, he's 8 for 12, obviously batting 6-6-7. He has three home runs and three doubles out of those eight hits with eight RBIs and three walks. Only struck out two times. Oh, and by the way, the Panda, he even stole a base. No way. He owns Garrett Cole. G-Man Choi stole a base on Garrett Cole? (laughs) The Panda himself? Wow. G-Man Choi, I will say it right here and right now. I have no problem saying it. David Stern's worst move ever. Letting G-Man Choi go. We, all, of our, all of our questions at first base would have been solved with our panda, G-Man Choi. Who can do the splits? Not oh, kidding. And, uh, you know, since we're talking about past first baseman, Jesus Aguilar having a nice little season in Miami. Of course he is. Was he, was he batting? I think he was in the 250s. But he's had some uh, production and and some uh, hit some home runs. And let's see our first baseman Daniel Vogelback batting a sultry two oh five. Well done, Danimal. And then if you go look at Keston Hira, <sighs> God, one twenty six. But he's not even playing first base really anymore. What what, what position is Keston Hira even playing now? All time sack bunter. Is <laughs> it the tenth inning? You better get uh, Keston Hira up there for a sack bunt. Because then you know the Brewers are going to win. Yeah, Jesus Aguilar here hitting about 250, 10 home runs and 40 RBIs here for the Fish. <laughs> Brewers first base, abysmal. Remember when um, Daniel Vogelback was the man for two weeks last season? Last season. Yeah, and then I told everyone was getting hyped about him, and I go, if he sticks around for more than those two weeks, you're probably not going to like him. Yeah, and he's now stuck around for a while. 
And I think the he's crowd... He's doing exactly what he's done his entire career. As um, they said in the movie Gladiator, the mob is fickle, brother. As we give now the thumbs down. But Rowdy, the animal made a pretty good hell of a play last night. Hey, they could have still uh, scooped up some uh, Albert Pujols, too. Yeah, what's he batting? Well... On the season, he's batting 206, but since the Dodgers grabbed him, he's batting 225. Oh my. He does have eight home runs and 22 RBIs as a 41 year old that could potentially be even much older. And here we are, wondering and scratching our ass over our first base. <sighs> All right. Well, Rowdy on the mound tonight, Freddie Peralta, fastball Freddie, opposite of Matt Peacock. Fastball Freddy, 5 and 1 with a 2.38 ERA. The Peacock, 2 and 1, an ERA of 4.50. You know much about Peacock? You know much about him at all, Matt Peacock? Not a ton. Yeah. Brewers are winning the night, calling it. I know more about Brad Peacock. (laughs) (laughs) He used to pitch for the Astros. Uh, (laughs) And what about the streaming service Peacock from NBC? You know anything about that? I know even less about that. Yeah, same. I don't have that. Won't pay for it. I got to play these comments for you. Big Bob Tunyon. Rob, Robert Tunyon. Packers not, tight not end. Tanyan. Not, Tan, not Tanyan. Tunyon, like Funyon. Had some very interesting comments when it comes to voluntary OTAs, why he's there, and why he's missing uh, some of his best friends. I miss my friends, man. Bob Tunyon was asked about why he came to OTAs. I'll play that, then I'll get to why he's missing his friends. Here's Big Bob on why he came to Packers OTAs while Aaron Rodgers isn't. Five of the six top wide receivers aren't there. Another couple names aren't there. But here's Big Bob Tunyon saying why he came to OTAs. Just wanted to come up here and be around J.O., to be honest with you. I miss my coach. I miss the football aspect. I miss the locker room, like I said before. And, uh, you know, Matt asked me to come up for three weeks. I'm not going to say no to our head coach for, you know, wanting me to come up and show my progress and show what I've been doing. So I also miss J.O., like I said before, and being around Sadie's and being around the tight end group. I can't say no to that. Saying J.O. or J.Love? I thought he was saying J.Love. Yeah, he's saying Jordan Jordan Love. I just heard J.O. Yeah, if he misses J.O., he could just stay home and do that. And I like how it's Sadie's. Yeah. <laughs> just wanted to come up here and be around J.O., to be honest with you. Sounds like J.O., but I think he's saying J.Love. So, or J.Lo. Wasn't she back with Ben yeah. Affleck? Yeah, why would she be around Packer camp? I don't know what to tell you. I think she's back with Ben Affleck now, RJ, sorry. Well, I know, but... <laughs> I don't think Big Bob Big Bob Tunyon, I don't think he has the uh, prestige yet to uh, get a girl like J.Lo. You don't know that. Eric Carpenter did. <laughs> all right so here there's he'd say, is this kind of a shot at rogers and the guys who missed just i'm gonna play it a little more i miss my coach i miss the football aspect i miss the locker room like i said before and uh you know matt asked me to come up for three this, this part right here this part right here me to come up for three weeks i'm not gonna say no to our head coach for you know wanting me to come up and show my progress and show what i've been doing so i also miss jo like so he was Matt called him up locker room like I said before, and uh, you know Matt asked me to come up for three weeks. I'm not going to say no. Is that a shot at the guys that aren't showing up? No, no, no. They're they go, they're going to all their all their online meetings and all that. Oh, J O. Brando Savage says J O is the tight end coach. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, that makes sense then. He does have comments on Jordan Love, but yes, J O. Thank you, Brando Savage. Appreciate that. All right, but here's this. I see the phone lines blowing up. One second. 
Big Bob Tunyon talks about Aaron Rodgers and the guys who are skipping. This one's specifically on Rodgers. Take a listen to what Big Bob Tunyon says about Rodgers of him not being at voluntary OTAs. I just miss one of my friends, just like I miss, you know, Allen, Devontae. I mean, it is optional. And, uh, you know, I do wish one of my favorite teammates and friends on the team was here. And I think it's a, you know, good time in the offseason because you get to spend time here outside of here, whether it's, you know, golfing or hanging out. You know, you have a lot more free time. So I think overall, I just miss kind of everyone. uh, Sounds like Big Bob's going through the emotions. I mean, they were there to start, right? And then they left. No, I don't know. The five of the six wide receivers, I don't think, ever showed up. Yeah, I don't think they ever showed up. I thought they were there for like one day. No, they never never showed up. And Rodgers just was partying in Hawaii. But he talks... Uh, more about whether Rodgers and the wide receivers skipping OTAs is a distraction. When we're out there on the field and we're out there at practice, Oops, it's sorry. a one play at a My time bad. mentality. And- that was AJ Dillon. Uh, one, I want to play this one more time about why Aaron Rodgers and everyone's out there, and I want to react to it, you guys. I just miss one of my friends, just like I miss, you know, Allen, Devontae. I mean, it is optional, and uh, you know, I do wish one of my favorite teammates and friends on the team was here. And- just that right there. It is optional, but I do wish one of my favorite friends and teammates was here. Yeah. Is this so? Is this like a distraction starting in the locker room? Is this like going to be a divide happening here? You literally have guys. It sounds like he's not crying like Matt Lafleur was when asked about Rodgers, but he's literally saying, "I miss my best friend. I wish these guys were here. They're not." And then in the other clip before, he's talking about how the head coach called him up and said, "Yeah, I'll be there. I want to show you what I've been doing." Is this like a shot to these guys who aren't there? Do you think they're really best friends if Aaron Rodgers didn't invite them to Hawaii? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think so then. It's it's weird because you have the guys who are showing up are the guys who knew they're new. They don't have the money some of the guys who aren't there make. Even some of the guys who... Even some of the guys who are missing don't have the money. Right. that so I, They're I, probably up for new contracts yeah, coming up. And I did, so... I'm guessing some of these guys we'll see starting next Tuesday. When it's mandatory. Yeah. Um, Will we see Rodgers? That's what I want to know. All right, start thinking about it. We're up against the break. But Big Bob Tunyon's out there saying that he misses his best friend, Aaron Rodgers. He misses the five of six wide receivers who are also friends of his. He wanted to come to OTAs because the head coach called him, and he said, yeah, I'll be there, not only because I have your back, but also I want to show you what I've been doing. I feel like it's kind of a shot at the guys who aren't there. A little bit. It's saying like, yo, I'm here for three weeks. It's voluntary, but it's the Green Bay Packers. We get paid to play a game at its highest level. I am here to show the folks what I can do. And everyone else on my team is either in Hawaii or God knows where while I'm busting my ass. (laughs) Very bizarre. Strange. I thought it was kind of strange when I was listening to that presser. I missed everyone, but man, I'm here. I wanted to prove to my coach this and that. I just wish my friends were here. Yeah. Maybe they're not your friends. Everything about that? All right. So, interesting comments coming out yesterday from Packers camp, OTAs. Big Bob Tunyon bubbling up on the podium, talking about how he's missing his guy, Aaron Rodgers. And also, we have uh, comments. This is from two days ago, AJ Dillon. The thickness himself, aka we can't call him the sauce. He gave himself his own nickname. We don't, we don't condone that. And you got to earn your nickname. It's got to be organic. Someone's got to give it to you. You just can't give yourself a nickname. But he was asked about Rogers and the other wide receivers not being at voluntary OTAs. You just heard Big Bob Tunyon last segment talking about how he misses everyone, misses his best friends. 
A.J. Dillon was asked if it was a distraction. Here is uh, the running back. When we're out there on the field and we're out there at practice, it's a one-play-at-a-time mentality. And I feel like for myself, I can't speak for anybody else. Um, you know, I'm just focused on, you know, getting better. I kind of bring that over into my everyday. Just how can I make the team better? What can I do to put the team in the best position? You know, everything else outside, I just got to keep blinders because that's out of my control. So I can't really comment on that. So he, the Packers PR has really been coaching up good about trying to avoid this question when it comes to Aaron Rodgers and the guy skipping. So I would assume it's a distraction just because you're playing with a lot of guys that you probably aren't going to be playing with moving forward, and you'd like to play with the guys that are you know your everyday starters. But, hey, you can only control what you can control, so he's going out there and he's going to do his thing. Rowdy, I have an update on Packers OTAs. We were playing earlier comments from Robert Tunyon, and he was talking about how Rodgers wasn't there, five of the six wide receivers weren't there. In fact, here, here's what Tunyon had to say about Rodgers and company not being at OTAs. I just miss one of my friends, just like I miss, you know, Allen, Devontae. I mean, it is optional, and, uh, you know, I do wish one of my favorite teammates and friends on the team was here, and I think it's a, you know, good time in the offseason because you get to spend time here outside of here, whether it's, you know, golfing or hanging out. You know, you have a lot more free time. So I think overall I just miss kind of everyone. So Tunyon's going through the emotions, Rowdy. It sounds like he needs a hug. He's missing his friends. I don't know if he's friends with Devin Funches because Devin Funches, who is not at Packers OTAs, also didn't do anything with the Packers last year. He opted out because of COVID-19. But I'm not kidding with you. At 6.20 this morning, Devin Funches tweets out, I'll be at work next Monday. Go Pack Go. <laughs> Devin Funches tweets out, 6.20 this morning, I'll be at work next Monday. So, Devin Funches proclaims he'll be there. I think I might send that similar tweet. <laughs> for anyone that cares i'll be at work next monday um, i'm also in the same vein anyone out there i will be at work this next monday as well we should have sent out a tweet on friday saying for anyone that cares i'm not going to be at work on monday but i will be back next tuesday, tuesday. so there you go devin funches will be at work next monday i always love my fridays yeah, we're easing into the weekend, but also get to talk to this cool cat right here, Dave Esler. Dave, our gambler to the stars. What's up, dude? Um, I, I had to interrupt my tailgate training to take this call. So, uh, <laughs> so you should be loose and easy then at this call, Dave, if you're uh, sipping on some brandy, then some Corbell getting ready for that uh, September 4th tailgate, Wisconsin-Penn State. Dave Esler's triumphant uh, return or triumphant uh, emergence in Madison, Wisconsin. I forget. Have you been to Madison? I, I've been through it. I, I spent about, I spent a bunch of time in Zenda. That's not too far from there. All right, so Dave, well, we're gonna we got a nice little cot here. We can get you ready. We'll take you. We'll take you. I know the owners of the Red Zone, the place we'll party at, and we can get uh -huh. you to the basement. So if you do pass out, I'll put a cot down there, and we'll put a nice little pillow and blanket for you. Okay. I don't think it's a matter of if I pass out. To be honest with you. <laughs> well, Dave, we'll go easy on you then. Okay, we'll just we'll ease you into the Wisconsin uh, liver punishing. Uh, yeah, this, is, this will have to be one of those no cameras allowed events, though. Yeah, you got it, Dave. Uh, I can't uh, make any promises, but I'll try my hardest for you. Hey, Dave. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, I was looking at uh, pregame.com, and uh, I'm looking at your little breakdown here, uh, and I saw this last updated June 4th at 5 o'clock in the morning. So in the wee hours this morning, you're 12 and 5 betting on the NBA playoffs? Wow, man, 71%? Dave, I'm well sorry. done. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm going to. I'm gonna probably go. I'm gonna probably regress from there. 
Well, well, here, here's what I got. Here's why I brought it up. Uh, I asked Rowdy if you were fired up and said, "Yeah, we were talking golf. We we're talking a little baseball. That's great. We'll get to that." But I want to talk a little NBA. As a betting eye, as a gambler looking at this, is there? What do you think of the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets series starting tomorrow? Well, I'll be honest with you. I, I like the Bucks plus the four points in the first game. Yeah. I mean, I you know all the tickets and most of the cash you'd expect to be on Brooklyn, and it is. Um, I think the the people outside of Milwaukee and true Bucks fans just aren't giving the Bucks any any respect here at all. I think people look at that Miami series as the payback series, and now it's kind of back to the future for the Bucks. But you know, this is a different defense. You know, I, I saw a stat where it said they switched screens 1,010 times this year, which is as opposed to, for comparison, a second uh, league low second like 299 last year. So they have different ways to play defense, which obviously is huge in the playoffs. I think Holiday's been the difference. He's been all defense twice. I don't think they can win this series. I think Brooklyn's just too talented and too much deeper, and I think no DiVincenzo is going to be a big deal. Uh, but I, th- I think they still game one or, or play a close, a close game tomorrow, so I do like them plus four tomorrow. Okay. Um, after that, all bets are off. I feel like I'm an AA for this, Dave. We'll take it one game at a time, though, uh, with the Bucks and the Brooklyn Nets. So I like that you've taken them game one. We'll see what happens after that. Uh, now, I know the, the Bucks took the series in the regular season 2-1. to one. Does, Do you take any stock into that at all as the playoffs now are here? Um, any at all, yes, um, to a differing degree, depending on the recency of it, which I guess this was actually fairly recent, but also... Um, you know, did those games matter? You know, if they were back in, in November and, and didn't really matter, then I would take a lot less stock in it if it was fairly recently uh, and, and both, the games mattered to both teams, yeah. then I would, I would put a fair bit of stock in it. All right, Dave, I don't know if you did this or not, but please tell me you had the Suns taking down the Lakers last night. I did. Yeah. How, Dave, you're in the circle of trust here. How, um, good, well, how good did know, that feel? I, I, I kind of like some of your listeners in the fact that I have a tough time betting on the Lakers, regardless. For, <laughs> I was going to say, how good did that feel last night to see the Suns get her done? Um, I, I suppose I have to protect my public image to some extent, so I'm going to take the fifth. But that should probably tell you all you need to know. Uh, and and just ask Rowdy about some of our conversations um, off air, so okay. he knows. I'll ask him off air then, Dave, because <laughs> you are in the circle of trust. You're in the trust tree here. All right, Dave, something Rowdy was doing yesterday, I saw him just crunching all kinds of numbers. I'm like, what the hell are you doing, Rowdy? Rowdy, tell Dave of the two bets you made uh, going into the Major League Baseball season and the numbers you were crunching. Yeah, so the two that I gave out for futures were the Dodgers under one and one hundred and three and a half, and the Brewers over eighty two. And with the Brewers win last night, they just have to play five hundred baseball from here on out, and we'll cash that bet. And then for the Dodgers, the Dodgers have to win sixty seven percent of their games going moving forward to uh, beat us there. So fingers crossed. Not that the Dodgers don't have the talent to do that, but that's just a huge ask. Now, Dave. Is there a point when you make a futures bet where you like you know you got this thing locked up? Like I feel like the huge ass for the Dodgers. I feel like Rowdy has that. I don't want to jinx him, but as you know, as a professional who does this for a living, gambling, is there a time where you're like, yeah, I got this bet locked up? Yeah, the last day of the season. <laughs> <laughs> I knew you'd say something like that, Dave. Well, you know, you know the, the the problem you have. I mean, I would tend to agree with you that there's a reasonably high probability that he's going to cash that ticket, but. You know, if the Dodgers get, and I haven't looked at the NL West standings, but, you know, if they've got a 25-game lead with 45 games to play, 
well, you probably won't see uh, a lot of the regulars for a very long for a month, and yeah. and you know then then they then they play 500 ball or whatever. So no, I don't. I mean, uh, how many times have you lost a bet on a football game on a meaningless hail mary or a a, a basketball bet on a half court three that cut the lead to eight but screwed the spread? So. Dave, no, this, I've, I've learned I've learned that lesson the financially hard way. <laughs> this is why you're the pro, and I'm just a schlep, Dave, when it comes to this stuff. Because I start celebrating way too early, and then by the end, I get doomed. I'm not fully jaded yet to be in the professional level. Hey, Dave, you, I, just, haven't, you just haven't lost enough money. Maybe probably because I haven't bet enough money either. So you know, it's you know, okay. double-edged sword here. Hey, Dave, I have a, a listener here wanting to ask you a question. So feel free to answer if you want to. He says, can you ask Dave how he feels about the Avalanche versus the Knights series and Colorado chances to advance? I don't know if the hockey's your thing, Dave. You can plead the fifth on this one as too. But do you have any uh, anything to uh, you know tell us in this one? Um, you know, I'll be honest with you. I have not looked at the NHL playoffs. I I, I just don't have time. Gotcha. Um, you know, that's why I, I mean, said you could plead the fifth or whatever. It was just a shot in the dark. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I follow the teams, but in terms of breaking them down to, to, uh, to you know, I, I like Colorado, don't you know? So I mean, I'm yeah. not totally, I'm not totally shooting from the hip here, but to back that up with some sort of substance, I, I just can't do it. And it's really just a matter of time. I mean, it's the same reason I don't do. You know Nigerian soccer. <laughs> hey Dave, so let's do something that you do know. Do you got something on the docket either tonight or this weekend that you're really liking? Yeah, well, I gave you the bucks, and and uh, I'm gonna actually, I'm gonna actually agree with Rowdy here. Uh, he told me he took the Cardinals earlier. He did, and and I, yeah, I'm gonna second that. And a couple of reasons there. You know the sabermetrics guys, they love Castillo for the Reds. But those that actually watch him pitch don't. And uh, full disclosure, I actually watch him pitch. Uh, the Reds' pen last week, 8.28 ERA. The Reds are 1-10 in Castillo's starts this season. He's got a season-long ERA of 7.91. No thank you. Give me the Cardinals. And as much as I'm, I'm not a huge Kim fan, the, the Reds are not great against left-handed hitters, the, uh, pitchers. rather. They're not great on the road. Um, another one I like uh, tonight, Kansas City. Keller over uh, uh, Minnesota Shoemaker. I love the over in that game. I was looking for a nine, but it's nine and a half. Mm-hmm. But I think it's still good. I think both these starters are fly ball pitchers, and they both just faced each other. And, and I love that recent familiarity. Uh, and you have Keller's home ERA of over eight. Shoemaker's ERA close to six over his last seven starts. And two pens that were, were used quite a bit in a 6-5 game last night. So I like the over in that one. And I was trying to find a reason to to fade the brewers tonight but i won't <laughs> well we appreciate that dave hey we thank you for your time and we're going to keep following along on twitter at dave underscore essler e-s-s-l-e-r also check out pregame.com excuse me but dave before we let you go we do it every week how's the golf game how'd you shoot last week and are you are you going out on the links tonight uh last friday was was really good and this wednesday was really bad and uh <laughs> You know, today is still to be determined. Well, I mean, if it was bad last time, but it was good before that, I think it's going to be good this time, Dave. Hole in one coming I, I, up. I tend, to agree, I tend to agree with you, but I don't like to get my expectations too high. It's like catching a Dodgers ticket in August. <laughs> Dave, we love you, man. Have a good weekend. Appreciate it. Yeah, you guys too. Thanks. <laughs> there he is, Dave Essler, our gambler to the stars. Yeah, I'm not. Rowdy, I would run up and try to catch that ticket, but you know me. I don't have patience for that. There you go. And Rowdy was crunching numbers yesterday. He's like, if I, this happens, this happens, this happens, I have a blah, blah, blah percent chance of... I was just looking of... to see where I was at here. <laughs>
<laughs> we'll talk about it. You're the one up that to brought it. it up. Well, I, it was apropos for the time, you know. Speaking of lines, Bucks four point underdogs to the Brooklyn Nets tomorrow at the Barclays Center. Tip off is at six thirty. Obviously, we all know the Milwaukee Bucks swept the Miami Heat. Uh, no problem right there. They just obliterated them. Uh, you know, they were embarrassed last year in the bubble by the Heat, and the Bucks then embarrassed the Heat down in uh, Miami. Four-game sweep, done. Now, though, it gets a little tougher. The Brooklyn Nets, who dispatched the Celtics, what was that, in five games? Uh, this is going to be a doozy of a series because if you look just on paper and you just look at the names, I think we all can agree that the Brooklyn Nets on paper are more talented than the Milwaukee Bucks. Yes? Yes. Now, this is the regular season. Regular season really doesn't matter too much in the NBA. Hell, Chris Middleton even said it um, early on when they were playing the Lakers because we don't care what we do in the regular season. It's all about what we do in the postseason. Well, Rowdy, in the regular season, the Bucks did beat the Brooklyn Nets 2-1 to one in their three games they played. And in the last game, the Bucks the, the Bucks won 124-118 to 118 on May 4th. Giannis scored 36 points to help lead Milwaukee to a win with Kyrie Irving, Mr. Flat Earther. Is it flat? Is it round? Who knows? 38 points in a loss for Brooklyn. So, Rowdy, do you take any of that into consideration with the regular season? Not a ton. And yeah. that's kind of like what uh, Dave Essler said when he – came on earlier today he goes maybe if they played recently and all rosters were completely healthy and but overall no not really yeah um let's see here in uh the nets are 26 and 16 against eastern conference opponents brooklyn has a 47 and 21 record when scoring 100 or more points on the flip side the bucks are 30 and 12 against conference opponents and are 29 and 12 in games decided by 10 or more points. Some little tidbits for you right there. Uh, but, Rowdy, you have Giannis Dendekumbo, you have Chris Middleton, you have Drew Holiday. And then on the other side, you have, as we have before mentioned, James Harden, who Rowdy pulled up a picture of James Harden without his beard because it's been a while since James Harden has a, a clean shaved face. Oof, that man is meant for a beard. We'll leave it at that. Kevin Durant and then Kyrie Irving. It's just hilarious how. Uh, James Harden has changed so much since his Arizona State days where he was, you know, clean shaven, had basically like the buzz cut. Yep. And then on top of that, he was the guy that always wore like the shirt under the jersey. So he'd always have like, Never the, like, the, like the shirt sleeves. Why, why do people do that? What's with the guy that wears the T-shirt under the jersey? I never understood that. You didn't do that, did you? No, but I didn't really play a okay. ton of basketball. Did, I didn't either. But uh, you know who else was a you know a, a t-shirt under the jersey guy, and now all of a sudden changed quite a bit in the NBA. JJ Redick. Oh God. JJ Redick. Well, because he got tattoos now. He's yeah, got to show them off. JJ Redick went from the little like uh, privileged, uh, rich kid playing at Duke with the you know normal haircut and the sleeves under his jersey yeah. and then he went to the NBA and he's got the No, he's the privileged rich dude with tattoos. Yeah, the styled <laughs> hair and the, and the tattoos all up and down his arms almost like huh. Uh, huh, interesting. All right, so you went to Duke. <laughs> dude, you went to Duke. Everyone That's... hated you. <laughs> and everyone still kind of does. All right, so in the series though, Rowdy, you said you were kind of agreeing with Dave Essler, our gambler to the stars. Yeah, I do. You don't think the Bucks are making it out of the second round, do you? I think the I, I'm not going to say they can't. I just, if I had to put a bet on it, I would say I don't think they do. 
And I think this is going to be a really, really, really good series. I think it goes seven. Yeah, I think it goes seven, too. But I would have to take the Brooklyn Nets in seven just because of, one, I think they are a little bit deeper and their stars shine a little bit brighter. Now, now that being said, if the Milwaukee Bucks can find a way to get past the Brooklyn Nets, I think they match up better with or without Joel Embiid oh, yeah, and, totally. and the Philadelphia 76ers. If the Bucks win this matchup, I think they're playing in the NBA Finals. I'm, this is the biggest test for the Milwaukee Bucks, obviously, unless they get to the NBA Finals. The Brooklyn Nets assembled this team for obviously. I mean, it's everyone's goal to win, you know, to hoist the title to win the championship game. But the Brooklyn Nets were like, we're going to put together a super team, and good luck trying to beat us. Well, the thing is, with this super team, you have a lot of egos and a lot of guys that have big personas. I mean, look at Kyrie Irving. We all know about James Harden and Kevin Durant. These guys, if they can all gel, which it looks like they are doing, then my God, look out because they're a juggernaut. But the Bucks don't discount and discredit the Bucks because they might not have all the talent on the paper, but my God, as a team, they are damn good. I got some stats I'll read off to you. Let me just toss you on hold. Let's go to the phones quick. Welcome to the show. Who do I got? What up, boys? Mitch in Madison. Mitch in Madison. What's up, big homie? You know, I'm I'm with you guys on a lot of what you're saying about the Bucks. Um, but one thing I gotta say is it certainly is nice not to just feel extremely frustrated with them in the playoffs. Right. You know, win or lose, it's like you know, uh, this is going to be a great matchup. It's their best versus our best, and and let the chips fall where they may. We don't have to watch blood. So just like chuck it all over the court and and just be terrible. But hey, I was, I'm calling also in defense of the uh, shirt underneath the Jersey guy. Oh, you're a shirt um, underneath the Jersey guy. Yeah, no, but there, there's reasons for it. I, I, when I played, that's how I did it. And I still, when I play now, and it's strictly because of comfort, some of those jerseys, they don't feel the best against your bare skin. So if Ooh, you have nipple a, chafing. a regular nipple chafing. Yeah. Yeah. So no, there's a legit, I mean, I'm not saying everybody does it that way, but, but for me personally, it, you, you don't like the tender nips. I get it. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> I feel you, though, Mitch. I got you, baby. You're in the judgment-free zone. I was making fun of um, well, Imagine how, Dragons yesterday. If you like Imagine Dragons, go for it. If you like wearing t-shirts in Jersey, go for it. I thought the line was you can't win a marathon without Band-Aids over your nipples, but maybe it's you can't win at the wreck without Band-Aids <laughs> over your nipples. There you go. There you go. <laughs> So, Mitch, what do you think? Bucks in six, seven? Bucks don't win? What do you think? You know what? Well, my heart says Bucks in seven. How about that? I love. I'll, we'll take it. We'll That's take fun. the heart pick. I mean, I, I mean, what would be better than a game seven, regardless? You yeah. know what I mean? Well, that, I mean, this is all you want. This is like two titans in their prime going at each other. Mitch, would you take right. this? Would you take this if it's game seven? It's in Brooklyn, and it comes down to the last shot. Bucks are down by two, and Giannis is given. 10 to 15 foot of or feet of space to take that uh, game winning three. Do you feel confident that the Bucks are advancing? Game. It's game. Let's go. Game blouses. Bucks win. Let's go. Not even a hesitation. Yeah, you didn't hesitate at all. Even with those tender nips of yours. It's what's funny you say that. No, and it's not just that. It's like the shoulders and stuff too. No, it's it's all over, man. I uh, Listen, you know, I just watched not too long ago the episode of the episode of The Office where Andy's got to run the marathon and his nipples right, chafe. Yeah, that's that's yeah. I had that on my brain. Yeah, 
Yeah. The Nard Dog's nipples on my brain. I gotta readjust what I'm thinking about, dude. My God, I'm not. I mean, I'm not like the shooting sleeve fan or any of that other stuff that's used. What about the sweatbands? Yeah, no, no headbands, no, no headbands. Okay, good. Otherwise, we're gonna no. have a problem. Just shirt under the jersey. That's it. Everything else is. I don't need anything else. Looking good, baby. No, no shame in it. No, no, no shame yes, in it. Yes, sir. All right, Mitch. Have a good weekend, man. All right, you too. <laughs> Bye. Bye. I full all right. Sometimes I let you look, to know a little bit about myself. Not always. I'm I'm usually a, more of a private individual. But Rowdy, I've never had nipple chafing. I've never experienced nipple chafing. Have you? Not that I remember. No. Yeah. So there but, you go. And I played a little bit of basketball, not a ton. I played a lot of basketball. But when I did, it was strictly just the jersey. There was no t-shirt. Yeah. Same. I just just the jersey. Or, uh, actually, the one I guess the right, one what's, time what's the worst look? The the one time it would be like a shirt, but it was cut off, so it was basically like a yeah, it's cut you off. couldn't even see it. Our guy Carl on Twitch says T-shirt under jersey greater than T-shirt in the pool. I thought I thought they go hand in hand. I think I'd agree with them on that one. Yeah, I know. I agree. I feel like they. Would, I feel like the same person who wears the t-shirt under the jersey, Mitch. I'm not saying anything to you. Would also wear the t-shirt in the pool. I don't think that's true. But I'm definitely going to be wearing a t-shirt under my jersey before, before I, I wear, wear a t-shirt, t-shirt in the, the pool. pool. So apparently, we did talk a little bit off air. I must have missed all the Bucks talk. So here's my thought. <laughs> Tell me if I'm completely lost. Go for it. So obviously they're top three against our top three significantly better but I feel like we can come close to neutralizing them and then you go down the scale I feel like we might be a little stronger in the bench and the other two I don't feel like I feel like we're not talking about it because everybody expects us to lose like get wiped out and I feel like we have a really good chance obviously we have to place our best ball but I feel like we could win this series. So do I. Do, I feel it too. I, think, Bob, I, mean, I feel like it's going seven games, and it's and then then what happens is going to be in Brooklyn. We'll see what happens in that seventh game. I feel like it's going to go seven, and then we'll see if Chris odds? Middleton and Drew Holiday can step up with Giannis. Right. What are the odds makers saying? Are they just not giving us a chance? Well, or? Our first odds maker this morning at seven forty, Dave Esler said it will be Nets in seven. Was that? What well, he said? I just pulled it up right here. Bucks are plus one sixty to win the series. So they're not. Nets favored. are minus two hundred. And then Bob will have so, another odds maker at nine twenty. We'll ask Raphael too. All right. So I just was wondering why nobody was talking about the Bucks. I I feel like everybody thinks this is over and done with, and I I don't. I have optimism. I think we've got a chance. Hell yeah, Bob. Hey, Bob. We gotta hit this commercial break or the top of the hour sports flash. We'll talk some Bucks right after that. Okay, my brother. All right, Rowdy. We're looking for a win for the Milwaukee Bucks. Tomorrow, as they go to Brooklyn, the Barclays Center, to take on the Nets, all that talent. James Harden, the beard. Kyrie Irving, the flat earther. Kevin Durant, the snake with the burner accounts on Twitter. A lot of talent on the court. Bucks have talent, too. But speaking of the gambling side of things, you were looking at... Now, the Bucks are underdogs in this series as a whole, correct? Yes. So, so the Bucks are plus 160, the... Brooklyn Nets are minus 200 as the favorite. And that was in for a seven-game series or just in general? That's for the series. The series. So did you bust it down for seven games? Yeah, so and- they, they actually break it down with uh, odds if you want to you know, predict the correct series score. Mm-hmm. And 
the most likely to happen, according to Vegas, is the Brooklyn Nets win in seven games. That's plus 390. So Vegas says that's the most likely thing to the happen. The most likely thing to happen. So the, the second se- must be the Bucks winning in seven then, right? No. Huh? The second most likely, Vegas says, is Brooklyn Nets winning in five games. Plus, five games? Plus 400. The third most likely thing to occur is the Brooklyn Nets win in six, plus 440. And then you finally get to the Bucks. It's Bucks winning in six at plus 500, Bluck, uh, Bucks winning in seven at plus 550, and then it goes back to the Nets in a sweep. Wow. So you got to go down to the fourth best odds for the Bucks of actually winning a series? Of winning the correct six games? Yeah. Wow. Now, during the playoffs, the Nets have been averaging 123.4 points a game. The Bucks, 118. Now, we're looking at this right here. Obviously, on paper, when you look at the big three, there's more talent residing on the names of Kyrie Irving, James Harden, and um, Kevin Durant. But the Bucks are no schleps. The Bucks have Giannis Dendekumbo, the two-time reigning MVP, Chris Middleton, which he's been having a, himself a nice little start to the playoffs. You know, he was a big reason why they're sweeping the heat. But there's this cat right here, Drew Holiday, who is the huge upgrade over Eric Bledsoe, obviously. Drew Holiday put up the most plus-minus a Milwaukee Buck has ever done since I think it was like the late 90s when I think it was plus 47 points was how good Drew Holiday was to close out the series against the Heat. Drew Holiday has been the cog, the linchpin, the cornerstone for the Milwaukee Bucks as they enter into this playoffs and throughout the season once they acquired him. Rowdy, are you giving the Bucks a chance at all? You said what, Nets and seven? No, I think the Nets are winning in seven just because purely I think they have more talent than the Bucks. And talent, they say, wins out in the and NBA. Talent wins in the NBA. But I think it's going to be a good series. I'm not ruling the Bucks out by any means. I just think uh, if I had to put my money where my mouth was, I would go Brooklyn in seven. A lot of people not giving the Bucks, you know, the edge. Well, obviously, not even Vegas is, but a lot of people, you know, concerned. Bucks fans wise that the Nets this is the team that's going to you know bring them down. Well, if you go back to the regular season, I know it doesn't count for much in the NBA, especially cuz it's a different animal in the postseason. The Bucks actually had their way with the Brooklyn Nets. They went 2 and 1 against them in the three games. In in the last game, the Bucks won 124 to 118. Giannis had 36 points. Uh and the Bucks, you know, Chris Middleton said it earlier this season, we don't care what we really do in the regular season. It's all about the postseason. And well, you I'm, saw the Bucks just throttle the Heat. I'm curious who the Nets are going to sh- throw out there to try and guard Giannis. Like, that was the thing coming in with the Miami series, right? You they you knew that they had a guy named Bam Adebayo mm-hmm. that can match up well and lock down Giannis. And we saw in some of those games where you could argue that the Heat and Adebayo contained Giannis, even though it was 17-17. and 17. That's containing Giannis because he's not going for 40 and 17. Yeah. Now, when you look at the Brooklyn Nets roster, who do you think's really going to guard Giannis? You think Kevin Durant is going to guard him? I. Well, in the regular season, it Jeff was. Jeff Green, maybe? <sighs> in the regular season, I remember it was Chris Middleton and, and Kevin Durant on each other. And then eventually, when Giannis would cover Kevin Durant, Middle, um, Durant looked a little uneasy. But again, it's Kevin Durant. This guy is experienced, you know, in the playoffs. 
I mean, what else are you saying, Rowdy? Sorry. No, the other guy that I listed that kind of has the frame to match up with Giannis is Jeff Green, but he's getting older and his career is definitely in its twilight. Yeah, no doubt about that. Um, Bucks, Bucks are more experienced, I would say, as a team because they have Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin, he's a stinker. He's a shell of what he was. He's a little stinker, uh, actually a big stinker. Uh, the Bucks, though, Rowdy, I mean, have a lot. They have more experience as a team in these situations in the playoffs. You know, the Brooklyn Nets have a, a massless collection of characters uh, from all across the country. Well, the Bucks, yeah, I know Drew Holiday's a new addition, but my God, he's gelled so well with the Milwaukee Bucks. But they still have kind of that core there. Giannis, Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez. Um, God, who's now out for the rest of the season? Dante DiVincenzo. Uh, Project, or Planet Pat, excuse me, Pat Connaughton. They have that core there that's been there, done that. Can they get over that hump that is now, you know, say the hump would be the, the Eastern Conference Finals, but hell, the Brooklyn Nets now, this is their toughest matchup. The Bucks have a little more experience. Giannis, who would you want to see on KD, on James Harden, on Kyrie? Would you want to see? Now, I know Chris Middleton was all over Kevin Durant, but would you want to see a guy like Giannis Adenokounmpo go at it over Kevin Durant? That's the length. I mean, Giannis Dendekumbo is Kevin Durant just without the shot. It's the same kind of wiry frame. Giannis is just more built. I mean, personally, I think I would like to see Drew Holiday on whoever is handling the basketball, whether that's James Harden, Kyrie Irving, because I think I want him being locked on whoever has the ball. I mean, I could see Giannis. I, I, think, I think I would go. I would like to see Giannis on KD. I think I would go Holiday on ball and Giannis on KD. Yeah. And I, honestly, outside of that, I think those are just those are the main two that I would, me personally, this, I would Man, play. this is going to be such a good series. This series is going to be must-see But then TV. it's like, do you want Giannis on KD? Because if KD is stroking it from three, you're pulling Giannis outside of the paint where he, he is a bit of your rim protector. Now I know uh, Lopez is also one of those, but he... He does play physical defense and play good defense and protect the rim too. So you would be pulling him out of there. But I mean it's like well, he's if you're probably pulling, okay. he's probably the best size to actually guard Kevin Durant. If you're pulling the honest out there to cover KD who's a sniper, the Bucks are the number one rebounding team in the playoffs right now. Fifty nine boards per game. The Nets are fourth to last. So if you pull Giannis out of there, I mean rebounding, you gotta win those glass on the glass, obviously. And and now Brooke Lopez has been a really good rim protector. He as really well. has, yeah. What it's gonna come down to is I hope this goes to seven games. I think it's gonna go to seven games. This series is gonna be wild. All I ask is that uh Coach Bud makes adjustments and plays the starters at least 40 minutes a game. And here's the thing about that. Last season, year before, Coach Bud would be using a lot of his bench, and people would be like, why isn't Giannis in more? Why isn't you know Middleton in more? Why isn't insert name here in more? Why is the bench mob in? The bench is shrunk now. The Bucks have a smaller, shorter bench. You will be seeing more minutes from Giannis and company, the starters. So Bud, who would always revert to that and come back to bite him in the ass, can't really do that. We missed this guy last week. Well, that's because he was getting his ticker operated on. But Raphael, I heard you can't hurt steel. How you feeling, my friend? I'm doing well. They try to hurt steel. Uh, like I said on my text with you, they try to use kryptonite to cut my skin to, uh, for the surgery. But I had red kryptonite uh, shoved in my 
hospital slipper. So it was well, the surgery took a little bit longer. Oof, you said they got kryptonite shoved in your hospital slippers. I thought you were going to say they shoved it somewhere else. I was a little concerned there for a minute, Raphael. Uh, there was already stuff shoved up in there. So <laughs> I, there was no room. Hey, Raph, so, uh, you know, as you're going under the knife and then um, once you woke up, did you immediately start trying to make lines, uh, on bet on anything and everything possible? Like what, as a gambler, as a line setter, as the guy who does this for a living, what was it like to be kind of, you know, out for a while. I only had, I would say I only took 48 hours off. I mean, I did prop bets for my surgery. You could, you could have bet what I shit the bed, <laughs> uh, stuff like that. I did like six prop bets on, on my surgery. To, I, will, will the Cubs win that day in my surgery? Yes or no? They did win five to three. Uh, but then I would, I would say 48 hours after that, I, I was already doing odds. I was doing Black Widow odds. I was doing Saturday Night Live. Uh, a whole bunch of Mayweather stuff. So uh, when you when you can't really just when you just sitting around on the bed or on the couch and everything else, you really can't do. What else is there to do except just think about prop bets? Yeah, yeah. Well, okay, Raphael. Well, let's get to some prop bets. Um, something we talked about in the seven o'clock hour. I am intrigued by it. Uh, some of my cohorts over here are saying they don't give two craps, which I understand. But I'm it's it's sucking me in. And it's the Floyd Mayweather Logan Paul fight. What kind of odds and prop bets do you have on this fight? Oh, you name it, we have it. Uh, <laughs> who first to bleed? Uh, a prop bet is getting a lot of play. Logan Paul minus nine dollars will be said first by the broadcast team. Fifty and oh, YouTube McGregor or vlogger. Uh, will Jake Paul? Uh, will Jake Paul accompany Logan Paul to the ring? You can bet on that. Will Mayweather wear a hat? Will he have his head shaved uh, in the match? Because he's got that uh, not so pleasant hairdo right now. Mayweather is sporting. Well, hey, so. let me ask you, brother. So the one I'm like, the one I'm really concerned about uh, most about is who wins the fight. What's Floyd Mayweather favored by? Uh, we have, I think, minus twelve hundred. So everyone keeps on asking ever since the rules came out saying that there's no judges, uh, there is a knockout rule, I think it was a 12-ounce glove or stuff like that, eight rounds and stuff like that. If it goes to a draw and no, there's no declared winner by either the, by TV or broadcasting and stuff like that, then we'll just refund the bet. But if someone gets knocked out and it's a 10-count, I think we can all agree that he lost the fight. So right. uh, we are praying over at my bookie that there is a KO. It doesn't matter who gets KO, so we don't have to make that decision of, of uh, a refunding bets, but what do you uh, think? What do you th- what do you think happens? You personally, uh, if this was Jake Paul, I think it'd be a lot closer fight. Uh, I always really? said Jake Paul's a better boxer. He's been boxing a lot longer. Uh, I think he has better skills uh, than Logan Paul. I think Mayweather uh, probably mops him up. Uh, and this, I, I would be blown away if this fight goes past uh, the fourth round. If I and mean, for some odd reason. If someone takes a dive, I don't think anyone will take a dive because you know how much money these events are making. It would be horrible, horrible for these type of events if someone does a dive. Well, I mean, I still think Ben Askren took a dive over uh, the Jake Paul fight. I'm still like 100% convinced. I think he did, but I think we all agreed that he wasn't going to win that fight. And I think he yeah. just took a dive because he knew I'm way over my head. I ain't winning this huh. fight. He hits me, I'm going down. So, yes, it was a dive, but no, it just, I think he was saving himself for a butt beating. Interesting. Man, I'm like, I can't stand, like, I can't stand the Paul brothers. But the more that they're in your face, it's like I'm getting like, 
like, uh, what was it, Stockholm Syndrome here. I'm, like, held by my captors. I'm loving my captors. I'm, like, liking it more and more. The more I keep seeing it, the more I'm, like, interested in it. Something's got my brains messed up, Raphael, over this. Ocho Cinco Cinco's fighting in the car. So, I mean, you guys better (laughs) – you have great undercard fights. Man, the sideshow, the circus sideshow is so wild. All right, Raph, another circus sideshow, excuse me, would be the Aaron Rodgers drama. Uh, through the eyes of Vegas, are the Packers still the odds-on favorite of keeping Rodgers, or what's happening there? We have them at minus two dollars. Do Willie have a Packers jersey on on uh, a, a week one? Uh, the more and more I hear it, that he—I well, mean, you guys know how stubborn he is—and I just don't see him walking through that door anytime soon. Now, is he going to walk away all that money if it's getting closer to week one? That's another question. But unless unless he keeps on telling them, "I am not coming," "I am not coming." then I think the Packers have to get rid of him. I think they have to move on. Uh, I, I, from my gut feeling, I don't see him walking through that door. I don't, see, I don't think we see him with a, a Packer jersey. Man, well, one door he's going to be walking through, Raphael, is the match. As Am I reading this right? Aaron Rodgers, who's paired up with Bryson DeChambeau, is favored over Phil Mickelson and Tom Brady? Yes. I mean, but let's face it. I mean, uh, Aaron Rodgers golfs a lot. Phil Mickelson, yeah, he won the 50-year-old championship, but uh, but I, I just don't see that much. I'll, I'll take uh, DeChambeau and Rodgers uh, at minus 150. Uh, I, I'm not sold on Mickelson. He didn't shoot well in the last time he was in the, in the match. So I'll take uh, Rodgers and DeChambeau. Uh, and, I'm, and I'm hoping it's a cage match afterwards because then uh, I think DeChambeau and Rodgers are going to be at least minus $5 fight. Okay, so Raphael, I'm seeing here too. It's the the odds on favorite is that they're not going to play all 18. How how did you get to that one? Uh, I mean, because someone, someone's blown away or stuff oh, like that. Just like, all they, screw they it. just say, hey, screw it, where we have nothing else to play. Gotcha. Uh, so this could be interesting. Uh, I'm actually more interested in this one. I like the pairings: Mickelson, Brady, DeChambeau, Rogers. I think I'm very, very uh, interested to see. Uh, what happens in this one? Right, Raphael from mybookie.ag joining us right now. Also, Raph, I love you know I always love your sports bets, but I think what you do at the best and what you love too is the entertainment prop bets, right? Oh yeah, I mean it's it's, it's fun research, and I like the shock and awe that people will send me emails saying I can't believe you went this low, or I can't believe you did this. <laughs> How did you go about, and I'm looking right here, I think I might have asked you this question before you went in for your ticker surgery, but how did you come to be with these UFO bets, and how excited, and how much action have you guys been getting? Because I'm looking at here, what will be captured or displayed first, an alien or Bigfoot? Yeah, we talked about that, but also, you know, will the UFOs be attributed to a foreign nation, or will a UFO be captured before 2023? Are you guys getting a lot of action on this? Uh, not that much. We're getting a lot of people. We're getting a lot of a lot of media hits and a lot of people calling in and, and asking us how and why did you do this? Because not that many people know. I think either next week the Pentagon is going to make their statement. That, it's coming up. Uh, yeah, it's coming up. And I think when that statement goes, then I think we're going to say, "Hey, how did you know this? Or why did you?" Because I think that's why people don't realize and how serious this could actually be. Uh, when this report comes out, because you usually the government and all governments, we're not just talking the USA, uh, US government, we're talking about all governments from Russia to uh, uh, the Mexican government, uh, all coming out to uh, almost the same day and say, hey, you know what, we can't hide this anymore. They do exist. Here's the stuff. There's no way another machine in any part of the world can, can make this move or go this fast. 
this is going to be a really serious issue, I think, uh, after the, these reports come out. Wouldn't it be wild if the UFO lands on the same day that the report's given and outsteps Elvis? Oh, that'd be fantastic. Vegas, be fantastic. Vegas would erupt, dude. Elvis the King is back. Oh, <laughs> baby. All right, Raph, uh, before I let you go, anything else that you want to throw out there in the ether when it comes to entertainment bets or maybe uh, you know, our Milwaukee Brewers here won last night? You got anything else on the docket? Uh, I'm looking at some uh, interesting stuff. I got some Fauci uh, email prop bets coming ah, out. Okay, uh, hang on. Today. Tell me about these Fauci email prop bets. Tell me more about this. Uh, will, will he be indicted? Stuff like that. Will, uh, will Trump be mentioned in any of? Uh, will, will he hate Trump mentioned in anything in his emails? So uh, there'll be fun ones uh, coming up. I think the Senate live ones because uh, a lot of big names could be leaving and uh, not coming back on season 47. Pete Davidson, Keenan Thomas. Uh, so those are getting a lot of interesting. And then Black Widow that comes out next month. I uh, did an, uh, a lot of fun prop bets uh, with Black Widow. You know me. I love me some Marvel and Star Wars. And oh, DC. yeah. So oh, I know you Widow do. I know you do, dude. Well, Raph, we can't wait to see those Fauci email prop bets. <laughs> hey, he's got some egg on his face. All right, Raph. Well, we're glad that you're doing good, man, and that you're on the mend and you're recovering and you're out there making lines. We love you. And thanks so much for joining us. And keep on recovering. I hope your wife is helping you out and catering to all your needs. Uh, you know, the biggest help is the Chicago Cubs. We're in first place, baby. Stop. I didn't even bring it up. Stop. I don't even want to talk about it. See you, Raph. See you, buddy. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> there he is, Raphael from MyBookie.ag. That man will make a line for anything. Fauci emails, Rowdy. <laughs> will he be indicted? Tough look on those Fauci emails. 